we all talk about wanting more downtime, right? When I said that six month magic wand thing where it's like, what would your life look like? We all say, oh, I'd have a VA and they'd be doing all my posts for me. And what would you be doing with their time? I'd be reading more. I'd be playing with my kids. I'd be exercising. And we need to, yes, make space for things in our life like that. But then we actually need to commit to doing it. Hey there, it's Jen Hully, and you're listening to Side Notes, conversations for the multi-passionate entrepreneur, your go-to space for all the things, creativity, business, well-being, and life design. It's time to break free, find joy, and create success in your very own way. So if you're ready, let's get started. All right, let's talk about the elephant in the room. The fact that when you're a multi-passioned entrepreneur and you are trying to build a life and a business that you love, self-paced courses get you nowhere and group masterminds are incredibly restrictive. This is because self-paced courses are too hands-off. There's no accountability. And when you join a group mastermind, you are stuck working at somebody else's pace. You have to stick to their schedule and there is no natural progression of learning or application that takes place for you. Designing a life and a business that you love is so much more nuanced than that. It takes time. We already know that our path is not linear, that we need flexible working conditions that are going to allow us to lean into our energy states as we grow. But we know that we also need support because real change comes when we engage in in in-depth conversations and allow ourselves to really dive into the material we're learning. And this is exactly why I've created two foundational programs for the multi passionate entrepreneur, and they are a mashup of the best of both worlds. You get self-paced learning modules, support materials, and tasks so that you can work through it at your own pace. Plus you get ongoing support via group coaching and co-working so that you get to clear out the mental clutter and start taking decisive aligned action and build a life and business that you are totally jazzed up about. No more joining group masterminds and, you know, having access to calls for a limited time frame. because when you join us, you work on your timeline. That means you can take as long as you need. You can move backwards and forwards and circle around again as many times as you need, because that is how learning takes place. You work at your pace, your way, and still you're going to be supported with access to twice monthly coaching calls for as long as you need. Awesome, right? Like I know you're thinking, oh my God. Tell me more. I need to know. Two options. We've got two of these mashup programs running right now. One is called Creating Your Clarity Compass. And this is really focused on life design and getting clear on who you are as a multi-passionate entrepreneur and individual, what you're here to do and what success is going to look like for you in all aspects of your life and business. It's going to help you explore options, take aligned action and push you to expand yourself in ways that you may not have considered. The other course is crafting your brand identity. Now, this is for people that have a focus and they're ready to launch, pivot, or go all in. This mashup program packs in everything that you need to create a business where you can show up fully as yourself and pull in the success and the results that you desire. It's going to help you ensure that you reach your people authentically. It's going to push you to pursue what lights you up. And it's going to help you eliminate the unnecessary so that you can tidy up the loose ends of wearing all the hats, you know, the hats that drain our energetic buckets. 
Now, both of these programs have a one-time payment of $1,125 Canadian or $885 American dollars. And frankly, this is a friggin' steal when you consider the fact that, yes, you have these courses. Each one of them has about 13 modules in it but you have access to ongoing support for as long as you need. Because frankly, an eight-week mastermind is going to cost you more money than this. So you get to choose your path. It's choose your own adventure. You can join creating your clarity compass or crafting your brand identity. You were designed to create a business and a life that allows you to show up fully as your badass self. You were designed to be curious, investigate options, and make aligned decisions. You were designed to live a life that you're proud of. And now I want to ask you, are you ready to design a life and a business that you love? One that fills your bucket and your bank account? If you're ready to join, I want you to tap that link in the show notes so that you can get all the details about both of these programs and you can choose the path that is most aligned for you. Whether you decide to jump into creating your clarity compass or jump into crafting your brand identity, I am so excited to get working with you and I can't wait to get started as you dive into these core foundational subjects and topics that you need to master in order to build a life and a business you love. Hello, welcome back. We've got another episode here. And today we are talking about just because you can doesn't mean you should. And I think this is a really important concept or mantra or just a reminder, a slap in the face for us to have as entrepreneurs, as doers, as dreamers, as big ideas, as people who are multi-passionate, because there's a lot of things that we can do. And just because we can do something doesn't mean we should. And where did this word, like this whole sentence come from? A good friend of mine, Lauren Runyon, who is the podcast host of Align and Expand. She's a manifestation coach. And she, we, she and I were talking about something something totally unrelated to this, but she said to me, just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. And it really made me think about what life is like as a business owner who is multi-passionate, who actually can do a lot of things. And the fact that just because we can do something doesn't mean we should do it. And we're going to be talking today about something that everybody dreams about. Everyone says like, oh my God, I can't wait for this to happen. And yet we also avoid it. We really try hard to not do that. And that is the concept of hiring outsourcing and delegating. We all say we want it. We're all like, yeah, I can't wait to hire a team member or whatever. I will get a VA to do this. But it's one of the things that we actually like consciously avoid. We push away and we just avoid. We try to avoid doing it. And that's what we're talking about today. So before we get going, we're going to do our card pull and I'm going to give them a good shuffle and I'm going to ask the universe, what do us multi-passionate peeps need to know this week? or today specifically about this episode. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. I pulled the 10 of emotions, which emotions in this deck are cups. It's a beautiful card. Um, There's 10 people dancing. There's like a big starburst in the air that is like blue and orange. It's got curtains, big orange curtains. It's orange and yellow. Like there's a lot of energy in this card, a lot of energy in the imagery. I see a lot of celebrating. These people have their hands up in the sky like they're dancing. I'm imagining this is us when we've hired people to take some stuff off of our plate because literally every single person on this card is holding a string that goes up to this big, big starburst in the sky. So let's see what the uh, interpretation is from the book. 
Happiness and fulfillment, a spiritual awakening, community, joyful and meaningful connection, completion, being heart-led and on purpose, connecting with the universe. And it says, celestial knots of love, a ritual dance to set the stage, a joyful manifesting of hearts and loves, a unity of souls and minds, and a cycle of completion comes to fruition as all hearts align. They sing and dance and step together, celebrating their one giant love and their connected feelings of joy. This type of community bliss is intoxicating, and the energy of many is greater than the energy of one. These ancient dancers know that when you connect with a group of like-minded and like-hearted souls for this kind of vibrational healing, you connect with the source and with an energy that you will forever amplify your ability to love. Seek community love connection and know that this card means it's on its way enjoy this high vibe moment and feel into its emotional outpouring of faithful alliances and support you will be flooded with love and your only task is to soak in it i do not make these cards up i know this is an audio file and you can't see i do not pre-select them i think that's a great card i think it's perfect it talks about the coming together, like that line that sticks out for me is the fact that this type of community bliss is intoxicating and the energy of many is greater than the energy of one. And that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about hiring and getting help and having people collaborate and contribute to the goal, the project, the business that is yours. They're talking about the manifesting of hearts and loves, the unity of people, and celebrating this one giant love and their connected feelings. For me, that's like their one giant love and the connection between them is is your business, right? And understanding that multiple people working together for a common goal is going to be a hell of a lot more impactful than if you were doing it on your own. And we're talking today exactly about that, right? We're saying like, Just because you could do something doesn't mean you should. And this is what makes hiring so hard. And it's what makes hiring and delegating and outsourcing such a mindfuck for multi-passionate people. Um, It's because we love all the things that we do and we feel like we need to have all of the things in our business and we feel like we need to be in the driver's seat of them because we get a little bit of feedback and a little bit of energy from engaging in, remember, highly varied tasks. Uh, we know that this defining feature of a multi-passionate brain or even just an entrepreneur is that we have this love of a wide range of interests. We have a lot of skills. You know, It's like the super vast library of mastery. And um, that's coupled with this insatiable hunger to continue to learn new things, which means, yeah, you're going to be expanding your business and doing new things, but you're also going to be really tempted to do it yourself because like your inner programming and your brain and your wiring and your body is like, it's like, give me the good stuff. Give me the good stuff. Come on, give me something new to do. Give me a new challenge. But If your goal is to build a business, whether it's your side hustle or to replace your nine to five, or if you have it as a full-time business and you just want to scale to a new level, you're going to have to let people in, right? Just like this card said, the 10 of cups and talking about the, um, the community aspect and the manifesting of a, you know, a collective desire, collective energy to some greater project, you're going to have to bring people in to help you. 
So the fact that we're multi-passionate, you remember I said like we have a lot of interests, this library of mastery, and we really want to learn new stuff. This is all why we have been so successful taking in something from like idea to action to growth. We, we can do the things that we need to support ourselves in a whole bunch of tasks, right? When you're starting up a business, it's you in a room by yourself, like maybe working in your garage or even if at your dining room table and you're going to be doing a lot of the brunt work while you're getting it going. If you decide that you need to bring video into your business, you will do it. You will figure out how to record and edit. Like right now, I am recording my podcasts with video because I want to learn how to put them on YouTube. Um, I'm going to learn to cut and edit and remix it so that I can get some channel up. And you will do that as well. If you decide I need reels and you don't know how, you'll figure out how to do it. We are you know, solution finders. We're curiosity oriented and we that is why we've been successful or why we're even just drawn to what it is that we're doing. If you're familiar with the uh, concept of an Enneagram, an Enneagram is one, it's a personality inventory and a personality theory. And it's something that my one-to-one clients do with me right at the beginning. And I love it because it's this, this range of like, super functioning, everything, not over-functioning. I mean, super functioning, like optimal functioning to, uh, disintegration, high stress. And if you think of it as a continuum, it doesn't stick you in a box and be like, this is what you're like. It puts you on a scale and a continuum and says like, this can be really functional and really great, or it can slide into dysfunction and disarray. And I think of our ability to learn quickly and our ability to master things quickly and do all the things and wear all the hats is like a continuum like that. It's a sliding spectrum, a sliding scale, because yes, it's super handy and it's super helpful and really enjoyable, right? On one end, like that is what gets us up in the morning is this like possibility of new discoveries, new learning, everything is different. And that's what gets us like really jazzed up. But, you know, on the other hand, at the other extreme, it can lead you to dysfunction and stress and it can hold you back from progress and change if you are doing all the things in a way that's scattered, is draining your bucket or is just not opening up space in your life and your energetic field to do new things. You know, and I said, as Lauren said to me when I was talking about something, she was like, Jen, just because you can doesn't mean you should. And like I said, it was nothing to do with business. But it made me think just because we can do something, just because we can do video and we can make our Instagram graphics and just because we can do copy and write our emails and record a podcast and just because we can do sales calls and just because we can do sales pages and run a membership and run this doesn't mean we have to be the person on the ground doing it. I'm currently reading a book called Do Less by Kate Northrup, I believe her name is. And she talks about doing too much and how we really need to just like simplify our lives and go back to that 80-20 rule. You know, we're like 80% of your outcomes and results actually come stem from 20% of your actions. The book Essentialism is all about this as well. Um, And it really got me thinking about when you're multi-passionate, how often do you lean into that 80-20 rule? Or are you doing a hundred things, 150 things? Where are you putting your energy? Um, It's a fascinating book and I'm going to do a book club episode about it in the future. So make sure you're subscribed and you'll get the the deets about this book because that's a whole other topic to go into her concept of do less. But for the matter of the podcast today, I want to talk about the fact that 
us multi-passionate entrepreneurs are like notoriously bad at delegating work, taking things off our plate and getting help. I think we are like, we're great at being the recipient at the buffet, right? And being like more, more, put this on my plate. I'm going to do this. Now I'm going to go live. And now I'm going to do this series and I'm going to do this promo and I'm going to do an email. Like we're just very good at overwhelming our plate because like I said, at a buffet or like a kid in a candy store, we're standing there and in front of us are so many options of things that we actually really love that we're just driven to be like more, 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 let's pile it up. But that is not necessarily the approach that you want to be taking if your goal is to do something or do this business or whatever it is for a long term, because you're going to burn out eventually. I think part of this might be, you know, conditioning and societal expectations as well, like thinking that there is this big concept right now that we should be scaling and growing and next month should be bigger than last month and you should be constantly pushing and expanding. Um, I also think this concept of like doing everything and not delegating can be like 10 times worse if you were socialized as a female because you know, for women there or people who identify as women or socialized as women, there's this message of selflessness and multitasking and extending yourself beyond your limits. And Kate goes into this in the book, Do Less. So there's this additional layer, like there's the societal expectations of being constantly growing. There's our own inner programming and our personality type of being multi-passionate and really getting, getting off on the fact that we can learn and do new things. And then if you're socialized as a female, it's like, well, you've got to be a good human. You need to be selfless and, you know, not ask for help. And basically it like creates an entire clusterfuck mess in our head. And we, we don't, get the help that we need that we talk about needing and wanting so much. You know, um, when I say we talk about it a lot, I like ask anyone who has a business or is growing a business or a side hustle and what's on their like six month plan. I won't say five year plan, but I'll say like six month goal, manifestation, dream life, magic wand list. There is always something on there about, I want a VA. I want an OBM. I want someone to manage my socials. We always say, I want help. I want help. I want this. I want that. But we're really bad at actually getting the help or committing to paying for the help or committing to accepting the help. And I think it's easier to make space for help to come in your life if you don't love the thing, right? Like if you hate cleaning and someone's going to, you can outsource that and get someone to clean your house. You're going to be like, hot damn, sign me up. There's going to be no internal struggle there. Cause like you don't, you don't give a shit about cleaning your house. If you hate doing your laundry and someone offers to do your laundry for you, you're like, yep, cool. Take it. Um, if somebody offers to like manage your socials when you're not a graphic designer, but you love playing around in Canva, it's going to be a lot harder to accept that help or to ask for that help or to even rationalize spending money on it. This is where it gets even more complicated because our concepts of money and how money should be spent gets really can get really tangled up in this as well because it becomes harder. It's like, well, I'm not a graphic designer and maybe I'm, you know, I run a shop. I have an antique shop. I'm not a graphic designer. I love playing around in Canva. Do I really need to hire somebody? Is that a waste of money? You know, air quotes, waste of money to pay somebody to do something that I, I can do and I kind of enjoy doing. It gets really, really hard. So the question you got to ask, you know, we need to ask ourselves is like, how do we learn to delegate? And what do we delegate when really we're able to do so much and we enjoy doing so much in our business and in our lives? Because just because 
you can do something doesn't mean you should. I think the key here is determining which of these tasks you're doing isn't one that you have to be doing, right? Like there's a small nuance there. All the things that you're doing, which ones actually have to be done? Which ones are so core, essential, and vital to the, you know, the progress of your business or the functioning of your life that they have to be done? Let's talk about why, as an entrepreneur, you need to be considering a process that I call business life design. I firmly believe that when you're an entrepreneur, there is no such thing as life coaching or business coaching because there is only business life coaching. Like those two things are so inseparable. Your business is your life and your life is your business. And if you want change in any area or any aspect of either of those, you need to look at the whole. You need to look at how all the intricate parts are connecting. Now, the process of life design is there to help you explore options, take aligned action and push you to expand yourself in ways that you may not have considered, where the business strategy is there to tidy up the loose ends that are draining your energetic bucket, helping you establish what's essential and what's not. It pushes you to pursue what feels good and it ensures that you reach your people. When we mash it together and we look at what business life design does, It's an active process that makes sure that your business direction is actively constructing a life that you love. These two are inseparable. You cannot design your life without considering your business and you cannot design your business without considering your life. And that's why when we work on a one-to-one coaching program, we are committing to consciously designing your business life. And we do this so that you will stop wasting endless money on courses, masterminds, templates, workshops, all those things that don't work. We do this so that you're going to stop overcomplicating your life by adding more and more and more when it's not necessary. And we do this so that you stop cycling between idea after idea after idea without taking action. But most importantly, we do this so that you can start paying into your energetic bucket so that you'll have more to give to your friends, your family, the things you love and your life. You need to do this now because when you live in an endless loop of burnout, you are left with nothing to give to the people and the things that you love. And the longer you continue to live in this business or life design that doesn't feel right, you feed that imposter syndrome monster, you know, the thing that makes it impossible for you to ever make change. But most importantly, the longer you live like this, more and more opportunities and possibilities will continue to pass you by while you sit there waiting. Waiting for what, though? I want you to remember that you were designed to create a business that feels good, where you get to show up every day as you quirks and all. You were designed to be curious and investigate options and make aligned decisions. And you were designed to create and live a life that you're proud of. Now I ask you, are you ready to design a business and a life that you love? One that fills your bucket and your bank account. I want you to not waste another day wondering what could be, and I want you to commit to finding out what will be. 
If you would like to talk about what one-to-one coaching looks like for business life design, I have three and six month programs available. You can get more details by clicking on the link in the show notes and booking what is called a chit chat. A chit chat is exactly what it sounds like. It's a time for you and I to sit down over a Zoom and just talk things out and find out what's happening, what's going on in your life, how are you feeling and where do you feel like things are not coming together or things are not aligned or things are holding you back. And through that conversation, we look at what business life design coaching might look like for you and make a decision together as to what your next step is going to be. So go to the show notes, hit that link, book a chit chat and you and I will talk it out. And a really good way to look at this, it's, which is the way that Kate Northrup talks about in her book and essentialism talks about it a lot. Again, the whole book is based on that, is um, looking at all the things that you do for your business and which ones can only be done by you, right? Maybe make a list, right? Like in your, um, I don't know, get a piece of paper, get a computer, whatever, and just jot these things down. I want you to write down, like you could write down all the things that you have to do on a day-to-day basis for your business, for your life. And both Kate Northrup and Mark McEwen talk about looking at on that list, how many of them can only be done by you? Like non-negotiable, you have to be the person to do this. If somebody else were to take it on, it would be physically impossible for it to happen. Um, Like physically and energetically impossible to have somebody step in for you. Like a good example of this would be client facing conversations. If you're a coach, I cannot have somebody step in for me and manage my client calls. That's just people will be like, who the heck is this? (laughs) Like, like that would not work, right? Um, If you're a photographer, you cannot have somebody take your photos for you. They have hired you for your artistic vision. You can have someone, you know, schlep your stuff. You can have someone help with your editing. You can have somebody help with your, styling, but the actual taking of the photos on the day of the gig, that has to be done by you. The other thing to ask yourself is like, of the things on your list, whether they're done by you or not done by you, how many of them have been most directly linked and most frequently linked with your biggest successes? Uh, Both Kate Northrup and Mark McEwen talk about this, establishing, yes, which ones you and only you can do. And then regardless of who did it, which ones have been really, really directly related to the success that you've experienced. And you need to take a couple of minutes, like some success is subjective, right? That's um, one of the things we do in my one-to-one coaching, as well as in the Clarity, com- um, the Clarity Compass self-guided mashup course. We start with the subjectivity of success because you need to really understand what is important to you and what moves the needle in your mind and in your life because what's important for somebody else, like maybe signing a specific client wasn't really that big of a success for you, but optically for somebody else, it looks like. And maybe one of your successes was actually like re-signing somebody, right? You re-signed somebody for a smaller gig, but re-signing clients is really important and really related to success for you because maybe one of your goals is having more of a a hands-off evergreen type approach to your business, right? Where you're not having to constantly pull people in. So you want to look and be like, okay, of all the things I'm doing, which ones are the ones that only I can do? Which ones are the ones that actually have had an impact on my life? And then ask yourself also, which ones are able to be done with ease and flow for you, meaning they don't drain your mental or energetic bank account that much, and they don't leave you with like only 30 minutes free in the day. 
those are the three core questions you have to ask yourself when you're thinking of like, what could I delegate, right? Which ones have to be done by you? Which ones have had the most impact for your subjective understanding of success? And which ones have are you able to do easily with flow and without it causing a lot of drain on your time, energy, and resources? And when you ask those questions and you run your list through those like three filters, you're going to be left with probably only a few things on that list. And that is what they call your vital few. The rest are the things that you're choosing to do. So a good example from my own life, like let's talk the talk and walk the walk, right? And not pretend like this is easy. I've been outsourcing forever. I have not. Um, Ask anyone that knows me. I have a really hard time outsourcing stuff for the same reason. I love designing websites. I love working in Canva. I love editing. I can edit video. I can edit podcasts. Like I learn very quickly. If I wanted to learn an editing software system, like when I started with this podcast, I had to learn GarageBand. I learned it very quickly. And um, I actually enjoy doing it, right? So recently for this season, I've hired a podcast manager. Um, and I really, like I was saying, I really enjoy editing. When I was editing the podcast episodes previously, like I would get in the zone. I'd be like hyper-focused in flow. It was just something where I could really zone out and narrow in on what I was doing and get it done. And it wasn't causing me a huge energetic drain, right? But it was taking up so much fucking time. Like, so much time in my day. The process of outlining a podcast and then recording it, editing it, uploading it, show noting it, like all of that was, yes, enjoyable. I had was able to do it. It was flow, but it was not flow of time. It was draining my time like crazy. And it also wasn't something that I had to do. Like nobody's going to know if I don't edit my podcast, except now that I've told you. And I don't really care if you know that I don't edit my podcast. I'm proud of the fact that I'm not doing this anymore. But the podcast is my priority, right? So in my, in terms of my marketing and my content strategy, the podcast is the number one focus. And when you look at the podcast, what aspect of the podcast can only be done by me? This part, the talking. I can't have someone step in and record a podcast for me. Again, you'd be like, who is this person? It would be very weird, right? Um, so how the heck was I going to be able to outsource some of it? And because, it, like I said, because it was taking so much time to edit, upload, show notes, I was even like not making blog posts because by the time I got to the blog post part, I was like, fuck this. I'm like, I'm done. I'm so sick of it. I realized that there was parts of it that could be done by me and parts of it that could be done by somebody else. So I decided to like choose to let go of the production and the management of my podcast so that I could open up more space and more time and more energy for myself so that I could focus on my vital few. And my vital few for the podcast, like I said, is writing the scripts or the outlines for the episodes, actually recording the episodes, whether it's me or interviewing somebody. And then my other vital few is showing up for my clients, right? Whether it's in one-to-one settings or in my Wayfinders networks, those are the things that I have to focus on that move my needle. So everything else is non-essential. So that's where having a podcast manager came in. I was like, great. My podcast manager is going to do my editing. They're going to do my show notes, uploading, scheduling. They're even going to make blog posts and a couple social graphics for me. Amazing. A huge amount of time became available in my day-to-day space, right? What do you think I did with that time? Think about it, <laughs> right? A big. It's like I created a big empty void in my life and I immediately filled it with a new task. Immediately, like 
when I say that we create our own problems, I'm not, I'm not fucking around, right? My multi-passionate brain was like, Ooh, I got all this time. I've just cleared up like an entire day on my schedule. And I immediately, without even thinking about it, filled it. I started recording my podcasts like I am right now, recording them with video um, so that I could make some social graphics and some videograms. And I have this idea of a YouTube channel and I'm going to do this and this, and I'm going to get TikTok. And I did get on TikTok and it took me about four weeks to realize like what I had done that I had intentionally created this space in my life and then unintentionally stuffed it full with other things. And it put me back in the space that I was in before I hired somebody, Um, which is fine. You should use the space that you create. But making TikToks, looking at a YouTube channel, looking at videograms and stuff like that, those aren't my vital few. Like my core vital few came down to my one-to-one work with my clients and this podcast. And I filled it with, with crap that wasn't really essential and wasn't needed. So did I stop recording video? No, I'm recording right now. Everything's going on video. I have a whole bunch of stuff on my hard drive, but I'm not doing anything with it right now. It's just sitting there and I'm waiting until I am able to outsource or hire or figure out exactly what I want to be doing with that content. You know, if I have time, I'll make a little snippet for a reel on Instagram because that's quick. And I feel like that is helping me to grow my podcast, which is, you know, like I said, one of my goals and one of my priorities this year but I'm not filling it with the complete task of editing and doing all the video stuff because I've realized that when it's time for me to have a YouTube channel or it's time for me to have more of a video strategy, that's another element or aspect of my business that does not have to be done by me. I can get somebody to manage the editing and all those other things. I have to record the video myself because I need my face in it, but the rest of it, somebody else can easily take over. And so this challenge with hiring that we have is twofold, right? On one hand, like like I said, we don't want to delegate because we're getting something out of the action we're doing. For me, it's like, like even with the video recording, I was excited. I was interested. All of a sudden I had that like dopamine kick in because I was like, ooh, new challenge. Um, so we don't want to delegate things because we're kind of hooked on that feeling and it's what we need to feel energized and able to take on the day and not get bored and, you know, having an existential crisis as a multi-passionate. But on the other hand, the other challenge with hiring, so like we avoid it because we're getting something out of doing the work that, you know, somebody else could do. But the other aspect to that is that when we do hire or we do delegate, our brains are wired to very quickly find something else and put that in that space. So the challenge here becomes like, how do you reinvest that energy and time that you've created into something that moves the needle in your business or something that moves the needle in your life? Something that moves the needle in the way you want to be living. Like, hello, downtime. We all talk about wanting more downtime, right? When I said that six-month magic wand thing where it's like, what would your life look like? We all say, oh, I'd have a VA and they'd be doing all my posts for me. And what would you be doing with their time? I'd be reading more. I'd be playing with my kids. I'd be exercising. And we need to, yes, make space for things in our life like that. But then we actually need to commit to doing it. When we talk about this ideal life scenario or like, when I make six figures, I'll do this, but we never give ourselves small versions of that as we're building our business. So if you're struggling with the concept of outsourcing or hiring or just even doing less, um, two things I recommend to you, the book Essentialism by Mark, is it Mark McEwen? Greg McEwen. I think I've been calling him Mark this entire episode. It totally is Greg McEwen. 
Craig, I'm so sorry. I don't know why I've been calling you Mark. I must have read something recently. There's something in my mental library about a guy named Mark. Greg, Greg McEwen. Apologies. If you are struggling, like I said, with outsourcing hiring, Essentialism by Greg McEwen is an amazing book. So is uh, Do Less by Kate Northrup. And I'm not finished Do Less yet, so I can't speak to it totally. But what I do like about that book is she gives you, I believe, 14 challenges or tasks, things that you can do in your life to try and do less or to help you establish what your core vital few are or how to be open to accepting help. Um, and I like her book so much that, I'm, like I said, I'm going to be doing an upcoming episode where we really unpack it as a book club type episode. So make sure you've subscribed to the podcast so you don't miss that one because that one's going to be pretty cool because I'd like us to take some of these challenges and roll them out together and really like dive into the messy work of letting go of a few things and just letting people help us in the way that we say we so desperately want. And I think it's important to remember that delegating, outsourcing, hiring, all of that doesn't have to be this big, huge thing that, you know, you're making a certain, a huge amount of money before you can ask for help or before you can do that. A lot of us think like, oh, I can't, you know, I said there's money stuff tied in this. I can't spend money on that because I need to be keeping the money for myself. Or we look at it as an expense versus an investment. Um, When I was in a mastermind program with my coach, we talked about, a bunch of us always talked about this hurdle of hiring. And so it is very common to have this thought in your head that spending money on hiring a team member is an expenditure and not and investment. And we really need to change the way we think about that. Because like I said, when you take something off your calendar, that takes up so much time. Like for me, I've gained an entire day in my calendar. And you think of like, what can you do with that day in terms of taking on new clients or launching new products, new services? When you spend money on hiring somebody, you create space for new money and new energy and new opportunities to come in. But also delegating and outsourcing doesn't have to be something that's paid. It could be asking for help from somebody that you know, right? Like full disclosure, my mom does my laundry for me. (laughs) Like I am almost 40 years old. I am a solo parent of a two and a half year old. I am building this coaching business. I also co-own another business with a colleague of mine and things are busy. And so that is how I've decided to outsource. I don't have to do my laundry. I don't have to be the person that does it every week. It takes a lot of time to sort it, fold it, wash it, dry it, put it away, all of that. And I'm able to take that off my plate or take that off my calendar by getting somebody else to do it. So like, shout out to my mom. I love you. Thank you for doing my laundry. But it's a great example of um, ways that you can hire. I don't have to do my laundry. It has to be done, right? Like, yes, it's very linked to my success. If I don't show up in nice looking clothing, people might not trust me if I'm wearing a shirt that hasn't been washed in seven months, <laughs> right? It's important. Um, same with cleaning my house. I have somebody that cleans my house. I have somebody that cuts my grass. Uh, remember at the beginning of the episode where I said it's, it's so much easier to outsource and delegate stuff that you don't like doing. That's probably why I started with house cleaning and lawn care because I hate doing that shit. Um, but that was my first like baby steps into getting somebody to help me and getting comfortable with paying somebody to do some work to free up my time. Um, I have somebody that does my 
my bookkeeping and manages my contracts and billing for my clients. Again, that was the thing I really hated doing. So that was the easiest business task to start paying for in order to feel comfortable and being like, okay, I fucking hate doing this. It's essential to my business. It was a no brainer. And it just slowly warmed me up to the idea of outsourcing something bigger, something that I get joy out of editing the podcast, um, creating social graphics, but it's created so much space for me. So I would ask you or challenge you to really look at everything you're doing in your life and in your business. Like I said, get that piece of paper, write down every single thing you have to do. You can make like two lists. You can make a life one, a business one, write every action, whether it's creating a contract, answering emails, sending pitches, everything, and look at the ones that can only be done by you make big circles around them, identify the ones that like have to be done by you. There's absolutely no way in hell that somebody else could do this. Uh, Like a good way to like think about this is like worst case scenario, if you landed in the hospital, you couldn't drive or you broke both your arms or something. I know that's a terrible image to have and put out in the universe, but say you physically could not do the job. Could somebody else step in for you? And if the answer is yes, you cannot circle it because that means it's not something that you have to do, but find those things that you have to do And then as a follow-up task, write down your biggest successes in your business. What are the top three things that you subjectively have felt have been your biggest success? And look at all those things, all those little tasks, and which one was responsible for that success happening. And the ones that are connected between what only you can do and what created your biggest success are the things that you have to double down on. Those are the ones that you have to do yourself. You have to prioritize and put your energy into. And then you can look back at the rest on your list and say, you know, ask yourself, okay, what can I get rid of? What can I get rid of for now or choose not to make a focus of my life? And which one is going to be the easiest for me to commit to hiring and getting help with? Which one's going to be harder? And try and establish a path for yourself that's you know, you want to throw yourself in the deep end. You don't want to go from having nobody help you to somebody taking on a huge task or a huge responsibility in your business because there's also that trust element that needs to be built. But start with something that takes up a lot of your time, doesn't have to be done by you, and is slightly essential. Like it still needs to be done. Like for me, I said, remember like bookkeeping, billing, and contracts, those have to happen. They take a lot of time. I don't enjoy doing it. I could easily outsource it. So it was the easiest... um or the lowest barrier of, you know, fear for me in terms of stepping into the habit of hiring. I would love to know where you are in your business, in your side hustle, and what it is that you would love to have somebody do for you. Like if you could wave that magic wand and hire out, what would you have somebody do? Um, Or what are you doing? Like, what are you committing to having somebody take over and take responsibility of for you in your life, in your business? Maybe call your mom and see if she'll do your laundry. Just don't tell her that I told you to do that. (laughs) Right? Uh, I'd love to know. You can catch me on Instagram, right? You can send me a little DM. Maybe take a screenshot, share it, say, hey, I'm committing to outsourcing this this year. And uh, let's support each other through this. Because just because we can do something doesn't mean we should. And it's how we support ourselves to move through that kind of icky, uncomfortable state of like, okay, I'm going to let this go. I'm going to let somebody else do this for me. And we can do that when we support each other. Thanks so much. Thanks for being here and tuning in and listening. I will talk to you soon. I'll talk to you next week. Bye. 
I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If something really hit you in the feels and left you feeling like, I feel seen, I would love for you to share this podcast so that we can continue to grow the community. Share it with a friend, encourage them to subscribe, post your favorite gems on Instagram. Make sure you tag me at Jennifer Hully. Every little bit helps. And by sharing this podcast with those that you know will love it, you're helping to grow this amazing community. Thank you so much for your support and I'll talk to you soon.